the Lord. I'm glad that Jesus rose up 2,000 years ago. I'm glad that he never sleeps or slumbers. I'm glad that he rises up in the circumstances I'm going through. And I've seen him rise up and do amazing things throughout all of us in the church. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And there's nobody I would rather put my faith and trust in than Jesus Christ. We've got several prayer requests this morning. You'll see several of our standing ones up behind me. We have a new updated half sheet in the back that you can take home. Uh, but we want to remember uh, a few special needs. This morning, uh, Sister Jan Smith's mother passed away. I want to remember her and that family. Uh, also, um, Sister Jody Waters' uncle, want to continue to remember that family. Uh, the Edmund family also had a family member pass away, uh, so want to remember them. Uh, want to remember Brother Seth Blake. Uh, we still have several who are sick. Uh, Brother Larry Hall, Sister Sheena Post, uh, Brother Howard Cawthorn. Uh, also want to remember Sister Marie, T Marie Spirity's sister Ella has cancer. But the Lord's moving. Several that we had on the list last week for being sick are here this morning. It's good to see the Gators recovered, Sister Denise recovered. Uh, also, Sister Tackett uh, got to go home and is doing better. I want to thank you for your prayers there. Also, Sister Joanne Sparrow had a praise report. Uh, she said, no more cigarettes, and her energy has been great today. God is awesome. If you have a prayer request that wasn't mentioned or couldn't be, you'd like to raise your hand. If you'd like to be anointed with oil or get a prayer cloth to bring to somebody, we're going to open up the altar at this time. Let's pray. This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe.
it is good to have all of you in the house of the Lord. <clears throat> I know uh, Sister Jan Smith's mother passed away, and so we were gonna, she was making caramel corn. That won't be here today anyway, but uh, we're glad that all of you are here. I know there is a, um, <clears throat> I know there is a, a um, uh, thank you. I know there's a, a run with fire meeting today after uh, service, so uh, <clears throat> in the prayer room, so don't want to forget that. We also have um, next Sunday morning will be our children's program, and in the evening will be the adult program, so that's coming up. This Wednesday, we will not have service per se. The children are gonna be taking part of that to practice, and then uh, the adults choir will be practicing. So uh, Monday is Acts, I believe. Are we having Acts at six? And then hyphen Bible study at 7.15. And then Tuesday is ladies prayer in the morning and grief share Wednesday. <coughs> um, and then of course, no service. And then we have Thursday care group and Friday uh, morning, uh, early morning prayer. And then uh, uh, Saturday, there will be some practices, I think. But uh, Sunday will be the adult program and the children's program. <clears throat> so don't want to forget all of those uh, announcements and all of those uh, uh, service kind of changes. We're racing toward the end of the year and uh, this uh, <clears throat> and January 25th Christmas Day we're going to have a morning service and uh, it will probably be a shortened service but uh, uh, we will have a morning service and then uh, there will be a uh, Sunday no Sunday night service on January 1st, we're having an AM service and then a 3 p.m. family service with games and snacks and some sight and sound viewing parties. And so uh, that will all be at church, but you'll hear some more information about all of that coming up. So don't forget the run with fire today after service. Don't forget all of these meetings. And uh, I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord, aren't you? And good to have all of you here. I saw a bunch uh, of, um, of, of Browns that uh, family members that came in to uh, celebrate Sister Brown turning 97 here shortly. So that's a great milestone. Lord bless her. Of course, <clears throat> Brother McCrary is here, and he is. Uh, uh, he's, he's even older than Sister Brown. I won't give you his age, but uh, anyway, so we've, we've got some folks that have lived and served the Lord for many, many years, and we're thankful for that. And guess what? You can start your legacy today. Uh, that's what it's all about. So we're thankful for all of you, thankful for every gift giver. We're going to ask our ushers uh, to get ready uh, to receive the Sunday morning tithes offering building fund. If you have a church key, uh, if you will turn the name of the church key in or the number and your name to Brother Jason Huffman, it would be greatly appreciated. So let's, 
Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your many blessings. Bless every gift and giver. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord, church. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. We'll, we always like to take a moment and welcome some guests and some visitors and just some that we've been missing. Um, as Pastor already mentioned, it is so good to have the Browns family here with us. I, I believe all the way from Texas. We're happy they're able to be here. Lord bless them. We, we love and appreciate the legacy of Sister Brown, and we're just so happy that she's a part of us. Amen. Amen. It's also good to see Brother and Sister Edmund. We're happy, we're happy they're able to be here. We've been missing them. Lord bless both of them. If you are a visitor, I missed you. I do apologize, but we're so happy that you are here. And after service, we do have a gift bag for you as well. We'd like to welcome um, all of you here. I'd like to share with you a verse as well. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. I forgot to give them a heads up. But Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33 says this, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Is anybody else just tired in the month of December? And it can get hard and it can get stressful and where do you put your time and energy and what do you, what do you focus on? And we, when we can set aside everything else and just focus on him. When we can focus on the kingdom of God and set aside all other distractions everything else will just fall right into place. I believe that. Do you believe that? So let's do that for a, a little bit longer here. Let's just seek God. Let's begin to lift our hands and lift our voice. And Lord, we love you. We give you all the glory, all the praise, God. We love you.
you are all here today, and I appreciate uh, all of you being in the house of the Lord. I, I know we've had several that have been sick and uh, several that have uh, been battling, whether it's flu or um, uh, COVID or <coughs> coughing, cold, sinuses, and the weather's changing, and it's all <coughs> amazing that um, here we are facing sort of the end of the year. And I know next Sunday will be our children's program. And the next Sunday, I mean, the next Sunday is Christmas. And then the next Sunday is the first of the year. So we are literally at the end. And uh, I appreciate uh, we'll have our children's program in the morning and our, our adult program in the evening. And so uh, here we are. And we are, we have a lot of great uh, individuals in the house of the Lord. We are growing apostolic legacy. And I am was uh, thinking about our, our trip to Israel uh, that we just returned from. And we um, were in for just um, information purposes. We were in uh, down in the southern part of Israel uh, down by, in, by the Dead Sea when the explosion happened in Jerusalem. And um, we, uh, there was, we had no, I, I don't think any fear or scare. Uh, our guide had informed us that it had occurred. Some had already, because of the media, had already seen blurbs on it and uh, had uh, seen all of that. It changed some of our visiting plans for that day uh, because Israel has um, three different kinds of zones in their nation. And it's a, a little bit strange. It would be strange to us, I think, in a general sense. But um, it's, um, they seem to function well with it. There are uh, what they call A zones, uh, and it's a zone. Usually it's a one city or uh, a little area, whether it's the West Bank or Golan Heights or parts of different places that, uh, like Jericho, Bethlehem, that are uh, A zones. And an A zone has Palestinian uh, policing. Uh, the police are Palestinians, and the uh, security is all governed by the Palestinians. Uh, typically, those A zones have a perimeter, uh, have a checkpoint where cars going in and out. The Israeli army uh, has the authority to examine and to check and to search because they're coming not out of a separate country, but they're coming out of the A zone. Now, uh, that uh, is left up to the residents of that zone, whether they want to remain in A zone. The residents of that zone can vote to be in a B zone. And a B zone 
is one that Israel controls the security and they are all Israeli citizens and they are all, and the A-Zone people are also Israeli citizens uh, if they would choose to be, but they are all uh, under the authority of the Israeli army and the Israeli police. Uh, it, but yet they are still Palestinian-led. That's a B-zone. And they elect their own officials, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, a C-zone is just the rest of Israel. And it's uh, all of the rest of the nation. And it, um, <clears throat> they are Israeli-led uh, and is army and and um, and so forth. Now, why I went into that little explanation other than just to give you an understanding is we were headed to Bethlehem one day to see the shepherd's fields and uh, the fields where the shepherds were and they were watching their flock. And uh, uh, here is sort of a picture now looking from uh, near the grotto where a cave was found that some speculate it could have been the shepherds were either uh, out in these fields and possibly this cave up toward the city of Bethlehem and it's kind of uh, out in that valley and on those hillsides. Of course, there are homes and all of that. I did not take this picture because we were headed to this zone and um, the, not the day of the explosion, but uh, later the next day or the next, I, I'm sorry, it's hard for me to remember all of the days, but just a couple of days after the explosion, we were headed into the zone and uh, the Palestinian truckers had decided that they were frustrated about what happened during the explosion, the, during the explosion, what Israel does typically is shuts down all A-zones because they don't know until they figure out, is this a coordinated attack? Are there terrorists that are gonna to try to leave these zones? Are they going to come in? Because Bethlehem is very close to Jerusalem and Jerusalem was where this attack happened and it's just within a few miles uh, closer. Uh, Bethlehem is closer to Jerusalem than Newark is to Columbus, just to kind of give you an idea. It's uh, uh, just uh, probably even a little closer than Pataskala is to Columbus. So here, here it is what they, the Israelis do is they shut a zone down if it's not Israeli control and Bethlehem is not. So the next day or the next day, whenever it was, the Palestinian uh, truck drivers got upset and so they just pulled their trucks and blocked the road and got out and had lunch. And we were trying to get into Bethlehem. And so then all the truckers on the Israeli side, y'all are having lunch, we're gonna have lunch. So then they have started having lunch. So you had Palestinian security that had to be called and then Israeli security and then Israeli soldiers. And anyway, we were hour, hour and a half, I don't know, y'all remember? Uh, and we were sitting in the bus, just creeping. It was like they would let one car through and, 
another car through, and anyway, it was, so when we got to this area, it was more dusky dark than this, is the point, that I didn't put a picture that I had, but we did go into the grotto or the cave, and they have benches there that overlooked these fields, so you could go in those caves and, and look at that, and it reminded me of, uh, of course, the passage in Luke. And you all know it. It's this time of year, and we read it. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenus was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone unto his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, which is of course further north, and out of the city of Nazareth, even further north, and made the journey down through, past Jerusalem, down to Bethlehem, and unto Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. So, at that time, you had to go back to where you were born or where your fathers were born or, uh, you know, uh, your family came from to be taxed. And he was of the house and lineage of David to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished <coughs> that she should be delivered and she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field. And so <clears throat> this cave is right, overlooks these fields. These fields are uh, where uh, many times uh, they are the fields that the shepherds kept the sheep that were going to be used in the sacrifices of the temple. So these fields were important because they were close enough to Jerusalem that they could go and if somebody needed a lamb or if more lambs were needed in the sacrifice, these shepherds uh, watched them, guarded them, and uh, they could be there and uh, in those fields. And so it was in this field or in a field like what you saw that they were keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said, the angel didn't sing. Uh, in fact, there's no record of angels singing since creation when they sang at creation, but here it is. The angel said unto them, and here's what he said, or he said, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. In fact, let, let's read that. We, we ought to read what the angel said. Fear not, 
For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Now, they continued on and said, This shall be the sign you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly, after the angel made that proclamation, this is found in the book of Luke, <clears throat> there was uh, with that angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, and here's what did they say, glory to God in the highest and on earth Good peace, goodwill toward men. Let's say that last line again. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Now what's amazing is of course you know um, Many, many years ago when you would watch the Miss America pageant, I haven't seen it in years, <clears throat> there was always a question and answer time. And when they had pageants in <clears throat> high school and beauty pageants, and they would ask them a question, inevitably somebody wanted world peace. I mean, you could just, you know, you could lay money on the odds that somebody is going to say, I just want there to be peace on earth <laughs> and some sort of goodwill, you know. I wish everybody would get along. And I wish everybody would be kind. And I would think that probably most of us here and those that are watching would say, wouldn't that be nice if everybody was peaceful? And if there was goodwill and kindness, and um, you know, it's it's difficult to find kindness and peace and consideration and you name it. Whenever there's sort of a a sense that um, you know, I, whether it's uh, my my terrible driving or whatever. Uh, you know, something's going on and somebody's frustrated and somebody's angry and somebody uh, is, is uh, off the wall and, and I, I cringe, I look at the headlines and I, I see, you know, uh, uh, you know I, I don't remember, uh, I saw one this week and I thought, man, how crazy is this? There were... Uh, some retirement area and, and uh, two men that were in their 70s, late 70s or 80s and one had a concealed carry permit and they, they shared a laundry room and the other guy left the door open and he got mad and threw one against the washer and the other one pulls out a gun and kills him and his wife and I'm like, wow, over a door being left open and I'm, I know that's, I'm sure horrific on some level, but not worthy to shoot two people. 
by any stretch of the imagination. And yet, you know, I, I, I look and I, I didn't read the article. I don't know what his justification was, whether this was the straw, proverbial straw that broke the camel's back or what, but here it is, that last line, the angel said, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And so I, I thought I'm gonna preach about this message from the field, what the angel said and what the angel said because fields are very important and Abraham bought a field for a burial place and uh, Isaac uh, meditated in a field before meeting Rebekah. Ironically, Joseph, uh, Jacob bought a part of Bethlehem for Rachel and, and that's recorded in God's word and Ruth gleaned in a field when she met Boaz and Judas, of course, died in a field. And the most famous field stories of all, probably we all remember and recognize is Psalms, the 23rd chapter, and the fact that David was a shepherd. And you remember what Psalms David wrote when he said, the Lord is my, and defined him as a shepherd. Jesus himself understood the importance of shepherds and fields. And in John the 10th chapter, Jesus said unto them, truly, truly I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal and kill and destroy. And we know that. And I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. And then the next words out of his mouth that are recorded in John, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Amazing, Jesus was raised with Joseph, who was a carpenter, and you know, you probably would have thought Jesus' analogies would have been, uh, I took a two by four, or I took a, you know, when you make a table, you should always make sure the grain is going in the same direction, or whatever, you would have thought he would have used carpenter analogies, or he would have used uh, store clerk analogies, or he would have used some other analogies, but Jesus identified with, of course, the son of David, and he identified as the good shepherd, knowing, of course, that David had said, the Lord is my shepherd, and he starts out this discussion by saying, I am the door to the sheep. And if you don't come through the door, and I know, you probably notice we're working on our doors. We have three doors over here that are stained and we only have, we had all of these painted and so now we're trying to make them all coordinate and we're gonna try to paint, stain these and make them match those doors and we got lots of doors coming into the place. Two, four, six, eight. 10, 11, and uh, then there's uh, even more you can go out into this one building. But the way Jesus identified himself, I am the door. 
one door. He didn't say, I am one of the 11 doors. And so when somebody tells you, well, all roads lead to heaven and all roads lead to God, say, yes, but everybody's got to go through one door. And that's through Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. You can't go through Muhammad. You can't go through any of the prophets. You can't go through Isaiah, Jeremiah. You can't go through anybody but Jesus. You can't go through Krishna or you name or whatever head God that you think, you know, you might need to go through. And yet David understood the importance of this whole recognition that in fact uh, he is the shepherd. And, and he said in Psalms, not just 23rd chapter, but the 95th chapter, David said, oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. He's our creator. He is our God. We are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand today, if you will hear his voice. This is why there are a lot of books written and there are a lot of sermons that have been preached and I've, I've preached on them and, and people will talk about how raising sheep and the shepherds and what happens with the sheep and the sheepfold and the, what the shepherd does and the caves and how he lays at the gate and brings the sheep in and how the sheep have to obey his voice and listens and, and he tells stories about the 90 and 9 being lost and one of my children and I don't remember which one sent me a a video clip of this lamb and it was just bouncing, 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 bouncing. And I don't know, somebody had to have a little bit of religious training, but it said, this is the sheep that Jesus went looking for because it was just going nuts. Amen. Bouncing everywhere. And you're like, wow. And uh, said, this was the one that he went to look for. But, but David wrote, we are the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice. Psalms 100, just a few verses, but let me read it to you. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. I know some of you recognize that maybe you can't sing, but you can make a joyful noise. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people. And again that phrase, the sheep of his pasture. Then it goes on, the famous verses that we talk about. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. And be thankful unto him. I hope when you came in, when you opened the doors, you said, thank you, Jesus, I'm here. And then when you got inside, you begin to praise him and to be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, his truth endureth to all generations. So this message of the field started when the angel appears to the shepherds, what are the first words out of the angel's mouth? Because they're like, oh my goodness, a 
heavens open, this angel being of light, whatever. What are we seeing? Is it a ghost? They're scared to death. In fact, the Bible uses the phrase sore afraid. They were shocked. They were, what is this? So what's the first word out of the angel's mouth? Fear not. Fear not. Seems reasonable, doesn't it? Don't be afraid. And yet, here's this being that's appeared to them, maybe in the, came down from heaven. And look, here it is. Fear not. And, you know, what is the message of the field today? That no matter where you are in your field, no matter what's going on in your home, no matter what's going on in your family, let me just tell you, the Lord knows where you are. The Lord knows what you're going through. The Lord promised I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He first speaks to shepherds, ironically. Of course, before this, he had spoken, I know, to Mary and Joseph, but at the moment of the birth, who, to whom does he speak? Shepherds. And he says, fear not. And I know Paul told Timothy, who was a pastor and the church was going crazy and he was worried. He said, Timothy, stir up the gift that's in you. And then he says, for God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And I don't know if you've ever used that phrase on yourself. But whenever you seem like things are overwhelming and you don't know what's going to happen and you don't know what's going to take place, you need to grab hold of those first words and say, listen, God didn't give me this spirit of fear. He loves me. I don't know what's going to happen, but he's going to see me through. I don't know how. I don't know why, why, the way. But what I do know is God's still able to work a miracle. You know, it's kind of like, well, is it possible? It'll only, it, the only way it's going to go is to take God. Well, then God will show up. Or God will carry us home. One of the two. God's going to be involved in this. And so then they, the next statement that they made was, I bring you good tidings of Great joy, which are for you, shepherds, and the people that are living right. What? Good tidings of great joy, which shall be to... I know. We will have... A lot of guests next Sunday invite somebody to see their children and to see this <clears throat> what they've been working on and next Sunday night we will have guests and I understand and sometimes folks say I don't understand all these people can come why can't they come all the other time well probably some of them could come I don't know we had a gentleman that told me one time Years ago, 
Pastor, every time I come to this church, it's got these beautiful Christmas decorations or it's got Easter lilies. What's wrong with y'all? I said, well, I only see you twice a year. And the ladies did a great job, all the decorations, but they were, you know, here it is. Good tidings, great joy to all people. David in Psalms, the 30th chapter, in the fourth and fifth verses, says, Sing unto the Lord, all ye saints of his. Give thanks. at the remembrance of his holiness for his anger endureth but a moment in his favor is life weeping may endure for what the night but Joy cometh in the morning. Another place he said rejoice. Wednesday or a few weeks ago where I talked about the book of Philippians where he was in prison and he wrote a letter and talked about rejoicing and joy. Rejoice and again I say rejoice. The message of the field is, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. The message of the field is that you can have joy. No matter what you're going through, you can have supernatural joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. I know the circumstances may be bad, and, and you know, there may be no joy in Mudville, and there, you know, everybody else may be around you depressed and anxious and worried and despondent. And I'm not talking about a, a Prozac kind of, uh, you know, superficial joy where you're just, you know, uh, zoned out. But I'm here to tell you that when you get the joy of the Lord, when the joy of the Lord is your strength, you can have a smile on your face. I know the thief would like to come and steal and kill and destroy. He would like to destroy your joy. He would like to destroy your your peace. He would like to take your peace of mind. He is there to confuse. He is there to try to get you overwhelmed. But you know what? The message of the field was there is great joy. If you will get in his presence, the joy giver has come. I want you to know he was born somewhere in Bethlehem. He was laid in a manger somewhere. But guess what? He could be born again in my life right now. And that's joy unspeakable righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. I know it can be overwhelming. And I know I, I, I've been overwhelmed and I, and I feel like, Lord, and, and you know, how am I going to take this? And how can you go through this? And how... And you know, the devil will say, you're not going to be able to take it out. And oh, this is terrible. And oh, this is horrible. And it is, and it is. But get in the presence of the Lord and all of a sudden something begins to happen. And we used to sing an old song about it. I remember when my burdens rolled away, I had carried them for years. 
night and day. When I got in the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and you say, well, I haven't felt that, then let me tell you, find Jesus again. Get in his presence again. Raise your hands again. Begin to worship him again. Let the joy giver, let the joy bringer come and bring joy again. He said, unto you, unto you, not unto all of the all of those that make over a hundred thousand a year, not all to those of you that are have been raised in this, but unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Unto you. Herod was looking for this Savior. Others were looking for the Savior. Prophets had talked about it. Theologians had studied the Jews. We can read the stories of, an old, of a man by the name of Simeon and a lady by the name of Anna that all their life, that were they looking for? A Savior. They would go to the temple every day Wonder where he is. Wonder where he is. And the Lord speaks to shepherds who were not theologians, who were common, ordinary people. And he says, unto you is born this day. A personal connection, a personal relationship. You see, that's individual, that's personal. I, I know, we talk about it, and we have people that are here that have been in this church for generations, were raised in this church, were born in this church, and that's first generation, second generation, third generation, fourth generation. We have some that are fifth generation that have been raised in and around apostolic churches. But let me tell you something, unless you individually become first generation apostolic, you're nothing. I'm sorry, you can come and visit, you can come and be with us, you can come and see all the old schoolmates and all the old friends and it's like a class reunion and you can come and we can have a great time and laugh and remember when and remember when we went fishing and remember when we did this and, and I, we've got them, I, I've got things that people that I have had memories with and we did a play and remember this Christmas program and we've got pictures and remember this and remember that but let me tell you until you are personally connected with the Savior it all stops Jesus did not want to come and be born to start a new religion this wasn't his goal I want a new religion I want people to follow me Repeatedly, he kept saying, you know, don't look at me, it's not me. The Father in me does the work. That wasn't his goal, was to start a new religion. I know we're Christians and you say, well, we are a different religion, yes, but that wasn't his goal. It was to have a personal, intimate connection with every individual to make us a nation of kings and priests, which is what the Jews had refused. You see, this was not about some great new people that would be just somebody that would come at Christmas time or at Easter 
Easter time. He wants to get in your business. He wants to know what you're doing. He wants to go with you every day. He wants to be there in the midnight hour. That's the kind of Savior we have. And they said, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. This message of that field, Jesus identified with it when he told them in John the 14th chapter, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. And then he said these words. When he said the comforter, the Holy Ghost, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If you loved me, you would rejoice, joy, peace. Pastor, when did I ever get joy and peace and all of these things? <clears throat> the moment you bend down, you open yourself up and say, Lord, I want you to be born not just in Bethlehem, but I want you to be born again in me. I want your spirit in me. And you begin to let the Lord wash you. You go down in Jesus' name, identifying with his death, burial, and resurrection. And then you come out. You let the Lord say, I, I want the Lord. I want that peace of God. I want the comforter. I want the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost that you'll send in my name. I want the Prince of Peace. I want that. I, I can tell you, I've had people that literally have asked me before. And, and I... It's amazing because I know what they're saying, but I've had people say, Pastor, is something wrong with me? I'm not grieving. I'm not overwhelmed by da 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 da. Had people, I don't understand. I'm not, it's not hitting me like, you know what you have? A Bethlehem was born in you. And all of a sudden, in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the chaos, oh, does it mean that you don't feel the pain? No, you feel the sadness. No, you feel overwhelmed. Yes, at times you feel all of those things. But just in a moment, as you enter back into his presence and the peace of God that passes understanding, and you just feel the comforter and the spirit of the Lord move right in, and you go, I don't, I, I, I can't understand why he said, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I, and you ought to rejoice. Why? Because he's coming back. He is coming back. That's why Paul to the church at the Philippians could say be careful for nothing. Don't be anxious. That word careful means don't be anxious about anything. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God, 
which passes all understanding shall keep your emotions and your mind through Christ Jesus. Oh, I, if that happened to me, I would lose my mind. I would, no, no. You have the, Jesus, the message of the field said, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Jesus himself said, come unto me, all that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy. What? And my burden is light. I don't know what we'll go through even in the last two weeks before the end of the year. And I don't know what we'll face in 2023. I can't tell you if you would have told me what all we were going to have to go through in 2022, I, I probably would have said, is there another option? Is there something else can happen? And yet, the message that came that day on a hillside outside somewhere of Bethlehem that the angel said was a message that still applies today because today you could have, not in a grotto, you can say, well, I'll never go there. I can't take the plane ride. I understand. I agree with you. It was unending and yet I've been on longer ones <laughs> but it's not about going there it's about opening up here and saying Lord I want you born again here in this cave being willing to all the time they keep saying things like praising God, glory to God, glory to God in the highest. If you want to be born again, let me tell you how you do it. <laughs> you start praising God, giving glory to God. You don't have to repeat a certain formula. You don't have to say Jesus five times real fast. You just begin to raise your hands. That signifies I surrender. It signifies I'm open, Lord. Here I am. I want you to be born in this cave. I know you were born somewhere, and there's three different places you can go in Bethlehem. And the Greek Orthodox say it was here. The Catholics say it was here. There's a little church of the shepherds that's near here. And they say, this is the here. And it might be a fourth or fifth or tenth here. But let me tell you, the number one here is right here. Lord, I want you to be born here. Why? Because one day the angels said, glory to God in the highest. If you want to start just praising him today, opening up your heart today, I'm going to tell you, the Lord is looking for another place to be born. He wants to be born again in you. Nicodemus came to him at night and said, we don't, I don't get this. How can a person be born again when he's old? 
Nicodemus said, unless you're born of the water and of the Spirit, you cannot enter. See the kingdom of heaven. You want to see the kingdom? You want peace? You want goodwill? <laughs> you don't have to wait till you're in a beauty contest and stand there in front of the microphone and say, I want world peace. You can have world peace begin right here. Takes a lot of grace. I preached on that Wednesday night. When you get beyond your limits, if you didn't hear it, you ought to go back and listen to it because there's been times I've needed another dose of peace. I've needed another dose of comfort. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And I think as we get nearer and nearer the coming of the Lord, we're going to have to have more and more the peace that passes understanding. Let's stand. Good to have all of you here. If you need the Holy Ghost, come. You've never been baptized, you're welcome to come. You've never repented, come.